had a bit of a holiday hiatus, but Trailblazers is back. This week, we talked to Jesse Marr, director of Winnipeg's first cannabis-focused marketing agency called Wildcraft Ventures. We talked about how we got involved in the industry, some of the challenges of advertising in uncharted territory, and what makes cannabis marketing so unique. Thanks so much to Jesse for coming on the show, and this is Trailblazers. So my name is Jesse Marr. I'm the managing director of a company called Wildcraft. I'm a consultant and marketer within the cannabis industry. Um, and uh, I don't know, I spent the last four or five-ish years solely within the cannabis industry. So you started just in regular marketing then, or? Yeah, I mean, my entrepreneurial beginnings were, uh, yeah. it, I don't know, kind of in fashion a little bit, yeah. which is kind of strange because uh, it's not really something that I'm interested in. It was more of a opportunity where I was like selling t-shirts out of my truck. And this yeah. is when I was started going through high, uh, go, sorry, not high school, college. Uh, a friend of mine started a t-shirt company. And so uh, we were friends. I, I enjoyed his brand. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, as a, a way to make money through college. And so that, that was sort of like the beginning. But um, I did graduate from Red River College with a marketing diploma. So I'm a marketer by trade, a designer by trade. I did some graphic design throughout, I don't know, my entire high school, college, like, well, for a long time now. And, um, and uh, yeah, I just started a number of different companies, like I said, most recently within the cannabis space. But, uh, yeah, that's sort of my background. Cool. So then what drew you to cannabis? Um, well, I had an opportunity um, within product development um, I worked out of a co-working space that's attached to a fabrication lab in downtown Winnipeg. It's called, uh, right now it's called North Forge Fabrication Lab, and it's actually across from Red River College. I had met a bunch of people who are also working out of that space, learned a lot from them, and I actually partnered with a couple of them to start a company called Lift Innovations, and um, it's basically a product development company we manufactured and designed. Um, grinders so um, yeah we I don't know that that space really helped me develop that product develop that company and uh, that's what got me into the cannabis space in particular and so then making that branch over to marketing that was just kind of a natural progression or what drew you to that definitely yeah, yeah. Um, I took the role of a marketing director within that company because I was also a founder yeah um, my other two partners, one was a uh, mechanical engineering technologist, so he took on a lot of the product development and manufacturing. And uh, my other partner is sort of a jack of all trades and business development and, and uh, yeah, other yeah. business-related activities. Awesome. So speaking just more broadly, uh, what makes cannabis marketing so unique? Uh, it's very unique because this is legislation's developing. Um, you know, the Cannabis Act has just been put into place October 17th, so marketers are just sort of learning what they can and can't do, and, you know, there's a defined set of rules, but those rules can be somewhat gray because, you know, they, no one's really been told what's not allowed because there hasn't really been a whole lot of activity. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some companies and some marketers that are, you know, pushing the boundary, but we won't really see how far you can take it until someone gets a slap on the wrist or fined or which I mean has kind of happened but not in a huge way yet. So some of those restrictions can you speak a little bit about those what those would be? 
Yeah, well, obviously the government really wants to restrict any sort of um, promotion or advertising to youth. Um, so you can't really do anything in the public eye. It sort of makes it interesting for Manitoba because our age of, uh, like our, our drinking age is 18 and the cannabis age is 19. So you can't really advertise anywhere publicly because if, if you're advertising a bar, you're advertising to 18 year olds, which is under the age right. of, of right. cannabis, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, that, that's what makes it really difficult. Um, y you'll see, You'll see billboards and you'll see advertising some of the retailers right now in Manitoba. Yeah. But they're not advertising their product. They're not advertising their price. They're not advertising their distribution because they can't federally. But, you know, there's some campaigns you'll see, like, with Mothers Against Drug and Driving. It's more social responsibility and brand awareness rather than product promotion and advertising. Yeah. And so, like, you can't – it's kind of a different beast than alcohol, right? Because you can't even show people consuming – the products like you can alcohol that's right right no lifestyle advertising right very similar to tobacco a lot right. of uh, even the the packaging all the right. labeling has a lot of uh re regulations um you know even even the size of the font can't be bigger than a certain size yeah. um you know the, their their brand uh their logos can't really be bigger than the thc symbol um so every little aspect is controlled yeah um so it's just something we have to work with and and uh, keep developing as the legislation changes. For sure. So how do you market weed when you can't really market weed? That's a great question. Um, we're discovering that more and more every day. But a great way is direct communication to individuals you know are of age. Um, so email marketing, for instance. It's, a lot of that's going on. Um, so there's a lot of social media activities. Um, definitely PR because it's, it's taken in a context of, of news rather than um, advertising or promotion. Endorsement, right? Yeah. So definitely companies are using that, using that to their advantage. Um, there's press releases every single day, every single day from a lot of companies. Um, so that's just a few examples. Yeah, but, I've, uh, yeah. I've also heard of companies kind of getting around those label restrictions by putting like scannable codes and stuff into that packaging so consumers can scan the code and then be taken to a website right something that gives them more brand information yeah i've seen that in other industries as well and that's sort of difficult yeah. um i don't know how effective that really is because how many people like it's almost like like qr codes right like exactly. how many people actually scan those yeah i don't think i know anybody who has ever done that well, not anymore <laughs> right like nobody uses them yeah, yeah. um and so companies like Tweed, they used to go to events and just do, like, community engagement, like, not even putting the word cannabis to it, like, at Pride and stuff. Um, will that still be allowed now? Yeah, there's not really going to be any, um, like, sponsoring of events, like, music events. Health Canada sort of put stop to that. I know Aurora and, right, and Canopy yeah, yeah. Has, had done that in the past. And I had heard that, um, yeah, one of those companies had sort of gotten that slap on the wrist. Yeah because of some of the things that they're doing, like like the example that you just gave, um, because it is sort of, you know, in a public setting where there are youth uh, or minors. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you won't really see that anymore. There, th that, you know, that was a primary marketing strategy for for them mm -hmm. at one point. But, uh, yeah, not, not anymore. Right. And so mm -hmm. then um, some of the dispensaries are doing, like, introduction to cannabis 
community events, do those cross that line too, or are they safe? No, not if it's directly associated with cannabis. Okay. So um, you'll see joint rolling. Right. You'll see, like you said, any sort of cannabis education. Right. But if it's something that appeals to a certain lifestyle, then other than cannabis, then they can't really do it. So you can't really have like, I don't know, just any any sort of yeah. random example, like like sports or music right. or anything like that. Like you, there's yeah, sort of just it's sort of confusing. Be. But uh, like I said, everyone's learning and everyone's sort of trying to work with those regulations. Yeah. So do you think that the laws will loosen as people get more comfortable with cannabis? I don't know if it's whether people when people get more comfortable or. You know, it is going to take time. Um, I do believe that it will loosen. I do believe it's going to head in a similar direction as alcohol rather than tobacco. I don't know how long that will take, but I know that it's not a priority for the government. Sorry, I shouldn't say I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Why is it important that LPs go to a specific cannabis marketing agency rather than just a regular agency? Because you get fined. Uh, because there's a lot of regulations that you need to know in order to actually um, execute on your marketing strategies. I've had um, a company come to me last week. They said, oh, we've had a lot of trouble advertising with Facebook and Google and so other social media platforms with paid advertising. I said, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, they won't let you. Um, and that's not by government enforcement. That's, that's their own mandate. You know, they're international companies. Um, Canada's, you know, pretty much the only country that has federally um, legalized cannabis. Yeah, well, G20 country. And um, so those those companies look out for themselves as well, like those large, large social media. And, um, yeah, so it's that that's a huge barrier. I mean, it's a huge it's, – it's a primary um, marketing strategy for other companies and other industries is paid advertising and it's uh yeah it's a huge challenge for sure that was actually my next question is all these social medias censoring cannabis content and you mentioned that social media is such a big part of that um do you think that that will change at all or will cannabis companies just have to get smarter and figure out ways to get past it yeah they're they're gonna have to be careful as well um i think i mean if you compare it to how quickly the states are acting compared to a federal government, like within the United States, you know, the, the state government is acting quicker than than these social media companies. Yeah. I think that says something. Um, it's going to take a while. It's going to take at least the United States to federally legalize cannabis before I think they even take a look at that. Really? Hey. I, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, or a majority of the, the states. No, I... I'm probably going to stick with, yeah, federal legalization with the United yeah. States before before you can really access a lot of those advertising features on those platforms. And so you mentioned Facebook, but Google and Instagram <clears throat> are doing it as well, right? Like it's all of them, hey? Yeah, Facebook, or sorry, Instagram is owned by Facebook. Right. Um, but yeah, they're all sort of in the same boat. Yeah. And using influencers to advertise is out of the, it's against the law, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you can't pay someone directly but for an endorsement. PR boxes, and if you brought an influencer to, like, a greenhouse tour, like, would that... I think as long as it's uh, 
not paid. Yeah. You probably have some leeway a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely consult with a lawyer. For sure. Um, this is, and yeah, by the way, this is not any sort of advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually have a lot of experience with influencer marketing with uh, my company, Lyft Innovations. It was a, it was a primary marketing strategy for us. Um, and I mean, now that a lot of these regulations apply to accessories as well as cannabis sales, um, makes it makes it difficult for them too, even even if they aren't enforced as strictly because they're not an actual licensed company under Health Canada or you know by any sort of provincial regulator. Mm-hmm. It's it's still something to consider, and it's still something that the accessory companies and ancillary companies need to uh, take into consideration with their legal counsel. Yeah. So the uh, provincial government public safety ads that got put out, like the skull and crossbones with the joints mm-hmm. and stuff, do you think that that was fear-mongering or were they just doing their job? Well, um, that, that was an RFP put out by the province for an agency to uh, propose um, their services. So, I mean, I don't know how that really went down. Um, in terms of who, like, who got last say, whether it was the agency, well, I mean, the agency likely wouldn't have had last say, but you know, if this agency did say, here's our concepts, and then the provincial gov- or the government approved them, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it's to answer your question, like fear mongering. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we sort of seen from other industries and other other campaigns that it doesn't really work that well. I think education is a little probably more effective. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty common to see that even from like MPI or anything for with alcohol or I don't know, I'm not surprised, but would I have would I have taken that approach? Likely not. Um, but I mean I don't know who developed those advertisements. Um, I feel like I might be a little more suited for like, you know, given my demographic being a twenty seven year old. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was an maybe it was an older individual who sort of. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. This is this is all speculation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've been in the cannabis industry for a while. What's been the most exciting thing that you've seen since you've started? The development, um, the development in legal in uh, legislation. The development in a lot of leading companies and thought leaders. Just seeing, because I spent a lot of time within like the the uh, USA industry like I didn't really get into the Canadian cannabis industry until after I sort of took a step away from Lyft Innovations and started Wildcraft um, but I, I don't know just sort of my favorite part is meeting people and 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 having these discussions yeah and um Looking back to where I and where they were at at a time, you know, four or five years ago, and seeing where they are now has been really, really cool. Even people that have come to me for advice, you know, at one point, and, uh, you know, now they're, you know, successfully selling product or, it, yeah, it's just cool to see the develop, personal development, the business development, and the legislation development. Yeah, so you were down in Colorado then, like when they were going through legalization, or um, I spent some time in Vegas. Um, I didn't no, I didn't really spend a whole lot of time when like legislation was changing down in Colorado. Yeah, but um, more digitally, did I spend my time? 
like I said, I spent a lot of time with influencers because um, I did take that marketing role. So, yeah, a primary uh, demographic for us was within the United States. I think it was probably close to 80% of our sales were in the States. Really? So, which was interesting for a Canadian company have to getting, <laughs> having to get their product across the border. Right. That was a huge challenge, but I don't know. We made it work. We actually sold our product into 54 countries at one point. Really? Yeah, a little bit of experience with like international sales as well and had a few hiccups, but uh, I don't know, for the most part, it was uh, pretty valuable because I learned a lot. For sure. So was that just kind of marketing it as like an herb grinder? As a, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terminology is key. Right. Um, you know, it, it really depends on who you're talking to Yeah. because you... You have your payment processors, you have your banks, you have the federal border, you have a lot of different people who have a lot of power over what you're doing. And uh, so whether it's a naturopathic herb grinder or a culinary herb grinder or, you know, take your pick, you just sort of roll with, uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, you live and learn. Just figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think will change in the next three years? Uh, lots will change, lots and lots. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming legislation. We know that we know that edibles and we know that concentrates are coming, for sure. You know, on the topic of promotion and advertising, marketing, I'm thinking it'll get a little looser, maybe not as strict, which will open up a whole lot of opportunities. Even the slightest change can open up quite a bit of opportunities if they allow, you know, maybe they eventually allow endorsements or maybe they eventually allow more event participation, sponsorship for you know, any little tweak can open up an opportunity for these companies. So I know there's, there's going to be a lot of change. Um, I'm excited to see what the next move is. Yeah. If you could teach people one thing about cannabis, what would it be? The Anything? The plant? The like, anything? Wh anything. Anything. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm sort of passionate about people's f having a positive first experience I've seen or I've heard a lot of people say that you know maybe this isn't f this isn't for me or I've tried it I don't like it and that's totally fine but in which in what context did you try it because you know I, I know a lot of people who their their first time was out of a bong and they didn't really have that guidance and that can be a terrible experience if not done properly yeah um, obviously a, a common slogan is like, um, go start, 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 start yeah, slow, yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just blanked on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, that's, I think that's pretty critical. So from a consumption perspective, uh, that's, that's what I would want people to know. If you're going to try cannabis, just, I don't know, you know, educate yourself. Uh, I think that's pretty important to actually enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. So that's actually all I had for questions. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add? Or I mean, I, I love having these conversations. So, yeah. you know, happy to do it anytime. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks again to Jesse for coming on the show. We've got a few episodes left in the season and we want to know what you're dying to know. What topics should we cover? Who should we interview next? Get at us on social media and let us know. We're on all platforms at Trailblazers Pod. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.